Today's reading comes from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. Paul, Sylvanus, and Tim- Timothy, to the church of the, of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace to God our Father and to the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of everyone of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all of your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you are also suffering, since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction to those who afflict you, and to grant relief to, to you who are afflicted as well as to us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. When he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and for every work of faith by his power so that the name of our lord jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our god and the lord jesus christ this is the word of the lord in the name of jesus amen i put a text on the screen uh, not so that you could read it so much as just so you could get a sense of the of the format of it and how uh, the content of it kind of fits together. So if you'll notice at the very beginning and at the very end in red ink, the word grace. The word grace bookends or brackets the content of our uh, text for today. And within that, uh, Paul praying mentioned twice. And within that, kind of a very solid middle talking about afflictions and sufferings and persecutions. Beginning with the grace that brackets our text, not surprising since the first two chapters of Genesis are all grace and the last two chapters of Revelation are all grace. So our Bibles themselves are bracketed and full of the grace of God. So the prayers of Paul, uh, two prayers. The first one, he says, giving thanks which is a match for, the word worthy is usually used there, but in our culture that confuses things because thinking about worthy thinks about am I worthy gets us thinking about what I do and is it good enough and it takes us down a whole contrary path. The word worthy in the New Testament is consistent with or appropriate to or a match with. So Paul gives thanks which is appropriate in view of or consistent with Faith, or in our way of thinking, their honesty about dependence growing. That's a reason to give thanks. And because of that, their love for one another is increasing. Another reason to give thanks or to make thanksgiving appropriate. And then in verse 11, from thanksgiving to the content of a prayer, that God would make you 
worthy, would make you a match with or consistent with his calling, and his calling has this content, that you would fulfill every good purpose and every good work. And those good purposes and good works are prompted by, here it is again, honesty about dependence. And that comes by God's power. Now, this honesty about dependence, or faith as we usually refer to it, fulfilling every good purpose and every good work, just for example, honesty about dependence would make my first assumption above all that I'm in the wrong rather than in the right. It would make my first assumption that there's a log in my eye, and I hope that someone out there with a speck in theirs can see to take it out. It would make me suspect that if I'm enduring persecutions and sufferings and afflictions from those who oppose me, that maybe I'm the one that's headed in the wrong direction, not those going the other way. At least that's an honest and reasonable way to start, giving the nature of my nature. And all of that in Paul's prayer, so that the word of the Lord may be recognized as incomparable among you by means of you and you by means of him. So all of this calling and these good things that God's going to accomplish through us, like what? What kinds of good things? Well, that's where we get to these uh, six terms for trouble. Four times the word affliction, one time persecutions, one time suffering. And where would these afflictions and persecutions and sufferings be coming from? Well, our opponents, our enemies, our adversaries. And so what is it that this incomparable word of the Lord tells us about them? Luke records Jesus saying, Therefore, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. Give me one good reason to do those four things. The text will give you four good reasons to do those things. Number one, because it is the natural consequence of the Spirit leading us in the way that is upward rather than downward. So gravity pulling all of human nature and culture and over time lower and lower and lower, the Holy Spirit working in us and regenerating us and leading us in ways of life and upward and heavenward necessarily puts us in opposition. It's kind of like walking the wrong way on the wrong sidewalk in the middle of Manhattan at lunchtime. You're inevitably going to be against everyone and they against you and there's lots of bumping and jostling and it's not pleasant, but it's a natural consequence. Second reason, because they need us to. It's kind of like saying, well, why should lifeguards get in the water and help the drowning people? Well, I guess because they're drowning. And because I need Jesus to do that very same thing for me. But they're my enemies, but they're opposing me, they're persecuting me, they're cursing me, they're abusing me. Yeah, exactly, exactly how I treat Jesus. The word of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord, a Bible that lays unread, words from that Bible that lay unemployed because I think I know better 
my prayers for the Lord that would bend his will toward mine, and so it goes. The disintegration of the Lord's own reputation by my poor witness. So just as I need him to be my advocate, so I can be the advocate to others. And reason number four, and I think maybe the most powerful, do you want anyone else to be on the angry end of God's stick? We all have our little attitudes about somebody has theirs coming, or somebody should get what they deserve, or at least in hell and everlasting punishment, then things will be a little more even. Really? Do you really want to wish that on anyone? And the worst part of it, it's not the fire and the brimstone and the gnashing of teeth and the agony and all of that sort of stuff. The worst part really would be the absence of God. The kind of absence that Jesus redeemed us from and expressed in that cry from his own crucifixion, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that's the why of it. What about the how of it? Well, that brings us back to honesty about dependence. Honesty about dependence is sort of like laying down because you're too tired to stand up anymore. Faith isn't something we do. Faith is something we collapse into. Honesty about dependence leaves us more and more in contact with the truth of God and the grace of God that supports us and our life, which made me think about Nikola Tesla. He's an electrifying kind of personality, Nikola Tesla was. And there are pictures of him standing on this platform he built in his laboratory, being all electrified with I don't know how many volts, or maybe it's 1.21 gigawatts. It doesn't matter. There's lightning bolts flying off of him in every direction. And, and he said that's good for you, actually. Something positive happens in your physiology from that electricity flowing through you. Imagine if you laid on that platform. So more and more of your physiology was in contact with more and more of that source of power. That's what Paul's prayer is for us, that we would become more and more and more inescapably a conduit of grace for those who are around us, to reach out from that, from that contact, from our own dependence and contact with the word and grace of God to draw others into it warming those who are already warming up to the idea of God's truth and grace and on their way, and thawing those who are opposed to God's wise and gracious embrace and loving them into this same honesty about dependence with us. God grant this for Jesus' sake. Amen.